Hi, I'm Vincent Andrasani, and this is episode 30 of The Place of Sound. Thanks very much for tuning in to this episode, and thanks also to those who've been following along through the last few episodes of the show. For those who happen to be listening in for the first time, The Place of Sound is a show that explores the theme of space, or the social geography, using sound and listening. We do so through a variety of audio media production formats, so you can expect to do a few different types of listening in a single show. Episodes consist of what we refer to as audio portraits, or oral history-style interviews that explore the topic of home. Soundscape compositions, which use everyday sounds to communicate the personal and social significance of a given place. And we typically end the episode with a short documentary-style piece that explores the place-based identity of the producer. The aim with these particular projects is to allow the producer to think about the places that made them who they are today. These are the types of projects you can expect to hear on The Place of Sound. And in this episode, all of them were produced by students here at Carleton University. They're what gets produced in Comms 4501, Digital Media Production, which is a fourth-year workshop course in the Communication and Media Studies program. Before we listen to the projects, we're going to take a quick second to hear about a new documentary podcast series produced by Megan Linton, an Ottawa-based researcher and disability justice activist. The series is called Invisible Institutions, and it explores the injustices of large-scale state institutions and their effects on those who are labeled with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So far, there are four episodes in the series, each of which opens up a different chapter about the history of institutionalization in Canada, showing the ways that this history is still very much with us in our present moment. It's a timely production in light of the pandemic, and it raises questions about the ways that we do or do not care for the most vulnerable people in our society. The following is a trailer for the series, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about it, check out invisibleinstitutions.com or follow them on Twitter using the handle at INVinstitutions. prison pen pals and there's more similarities between my living situation and the living situation in a prison institution. It was like a prison and I know that sounds hyperbolic but it was. We were basically locked in our rooms completely alone. 
Introducing Invisible Institutions, a new documentary podcast exploring the horrors of large-scale state institutions for people labeled with intellectual and developmental disabilities in Canada. The host and creator, Megan Linton, is a researcher and disability justice activist investigating the unreported and invisibilized horrors of the institutional system. Join her on her journey to the grounds of current and former institutions, including interviews with survivors, community activists, and experts, as they work together to expose the exploitation, isolation, resistance, and survival facing people labeled with disabilities. Find Invisible Institutions wherever you get your podcasts. Coming February 2022. Okay, on to the projects. In this episode, we're digging into the archives and we'll listen back to work produced in the winter of 2021, some time ago. This collection of projects consists of two audio portraits and three soundscape compositions, five projects in total. The first project is an audio portrait by Riley Dunn's titled Embracing Nationality, Finding Community. It consists of an interview with Riley's Aunt Clara, who discusses what it meant to be a newcomer here in Canada after having moved here from Hungary many years ago. The second project is titled Home is a Feeling by Hannah Calmisto, who interviewed her childhood friend, Natalie. In it, Natalie discusses what home means to her having grown up in Aurora, Ontario, and in light of her plans to move to New York City to study law. The third project is a soundscape composition titled Comfort in Solitude by Brandon Huang, who takes us to one of his favorite places in Ottawa, where he's able to unwind and reconnect with nature. Chapman Mills Conservation Area. The fourth project is titled Time Well Lost and is by Rachel Bender Kerbel. And it's a soundscape composition that captures the sounds of a moment of relaxation and solitude that Rachel creates wherever she goes. The sounds of a bubble. And lastly, the final project is also a soundscape composition by Huang Yu Yang titled Human Touch, The Bake Shop. Wang Yu takes us to a bake shop nearby his home that he visits frequently, and it's one that has a very special meaning to him. Let's begin with Riley's audio portrait titled, Embracing Nationality, Finding Community. Riley, over to you. Hey CKCU listeners. My name is Riley Duns, and I'm currently in my fourth year of the Honors Communications and Media Studies program here at Carleton. In this audio portrait, you'll hear from my special guest, my Aunt Clara, who discusses home and what it means for her. My aim for developing this audio piece was to produce a crisp and concise narrative, and as a final product, you'll learn Clara's historical sense of home through her stories that capture pivotal moments throughout her life. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and I hope you enjoy. By the time... I was three. I had been in Hungary, where I was born. I had been in Austria. 
I'd been in Britain, in south of London, for six months, then in Ireland for about a month, and then was flown to Canada, to Edmonton, where we stayed in a refugee camp, and then finally to Vancouver. And my parents really kept the, the cultural and the love of Hungary alive, like really within us. So they would always say to us, I have two younger sisters, and they would always say to us, girls, we speak Hungarian at home, <laughs> although we were really speaking English most of the time. But um, so I grew up with all of the cultural um, uh, sort of you know, all the events and what it what it means to be Hungarian living in, uh, you know, the Western world. So at times it was hard because it was a strict upbringing. Uh, but I knew that I really had this kind of like life that I knew about. And I had been to Hungary for the first time in my adult life in 68. So I was like 16 at the time. And I, I couldn't describe it then and I can't, still can't really describe it now. But being there, you almost can't verbalize it. It's a feeling inside that you belong there, that this is me. It's a part of me. And everything made sense to me. Uh, when I moved to Ottawa, it was in 1979, and we were coming here for just one year. But we ain't, we're still here. <laughs> so I started going to Mass at a particular parish that was close to where we were living. And I'm still a member of that parish because it has really become my spiritual home. So I drive a lot farther to get there, but it's because I want to be there. Well, it's interesting. It's an interesting question because now we're living in COVID. We're not going to Mass now because, you know, there's no church services. But our parish has a Zoom, a Zoom Sunday liturgy um, in which I participate. And I didn't think I would at first because I'm kind of an introvert, really, not, not a big extrovert. And, um, but... I'm there every Sunday, and a lot of Sundays I'm contributing. Like, I'm actually speaking and being part of the dialogue. So it's good, and I, I feel that it has really kept us up with the community of the parish. So I really do like that, and it's I'm still at home. I like it here, and I like it at church. <laughs> so I'm not really missing that much. And of course, I am when, when we have a chance— if we can get together with uh, friends, then, of course, that makes it even better. Hi, my name is Hannah, and for my audio portrait, I interviewed my childhood friend, Natalie. And in this conversation, we talked about her future plans to study law in New York City and what the concept of home means to her. I originally was hoping to go to Columbia in New York City, but I'm no longer stuck on one school. I'm very open-minded, um, and because of that, I'm not really trying to get excited about one place in particular. Well, I visited New York City numerous times, and I like it in general. I've had a great time every time I've gone. Um, I know just based on my personality, I'm someone who kind of as cheesy as it sounds likes to like work hard and play hard. And I know that New York is like the perfect city for both of those things. Yeah, I like the weather, I like the seasons. It reminds me a bit of Toronto, which is nice. Um, there's just a little bit more opportunity there. And then also the proximity to family. 
I wouldn't consider Toronto my home, but I would, I've always considered it like close to home and kind of like, I don't know, when people ask me abroad where I'm from, I might say Toronto just because it's most well-known area that's close to where I consider home. Um, I would say my home in Aurora is based mainly on just my memories. I've, all my childhood memories are in Aurora, all my childhood friends, immediate family, just a lot of history. I don't know why I remember this. There's not like one specific moment, but I remember um, in elementary school taking the bus home a lot of the time, uh, like the school bus, and walking from the corner of <laughs> Mavernack and IVJ, my street, to my house. And I don't know why, I just have that walk in my memory when I think of home. It's like very familiar. I don't know, I guess it just reminds me of my childhood, kind of nostalgic. Yeah, and I always, I don't know why, I always remember it in fall time, just because the leaves are so pretty on my street. And I don't know, I've traveled to a lot of places that don't have the same fall aesthetic, I guess you could call it. So that kind of reminds me of home as well. So there's definitely been a few times in my life where I have felt homesick. A lot when I was younger, actually. Um, when I began my snowboarding career, it was oftentimes just me traveling with uh, older boys, like probably five years older than me. And as like I don't know, an 11, 12-year-old, that was a little bit intimidating, and a lot of times I felt out of place and that I was just at a different stage in life than them. So on trips, a lot of times, like, that uncomfortability made me homesick um, because I do consider home a place where I'm most comfortable and kind of a safe space. So I know that I am moving away from what I consider home right now, um, probably to New York City, and I'm not expecting to feel comfortable right away, and I'm okay with that. I think that's something I've learned over the years. Like, I've had to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So that's something I've, I'm going to take with me, and just knowing that it will take time to adjust and time to build those relationships. But I know that eventually New York will feel like home, too. Hello, everybody. My name is Brandon Huang, and I am a fourth-year Communications and Media Studies student at Carleton University. In today's soundscape composition, I will be taking you on a tour of one of my most favorite spots in Ottawa, the Chaplin Mills Conservation Area. My goal of this composition is to transport the listener to this particular nature reserve, while also providing some reasoning as to why this spot is so important to me in particular. It's a crisp, snowy Friday afternoon in Barhaven, and a group of my aunts had gathered at my house to visit my parents like they do every weekend. Being raised by Chinese immigrants, the sound of loud Cantonese and banging pots and pans is a pretty regular thing for me to wake up to. As a kid, we would have many family gatherings every weekend if everyone was free. My family would gather together in the kitchen, and everybody would help cook. My aunts would also come over every Monday night like it was poker night, but instead of poker, it would be mahjong, and instead of drinking beer, my mother would make green tea for all of my aunts. I've heard these sounds since I was a fetus in my mother's womb, so I'm pretty accustomed to the noise. But there are still some times when all I want is some peace and quiet to myself. The idea of solitude is something that I always found comfort in. Being who I am, I tend to have a lot of thoughts that race through my head, and it's been like that since I was young. 
Even as a teenager, my mind has always been busy, making the noise at my house a little too much sometimes. This often prompted me to explore the neighborhood, leading me to find one of my favorite places, the Chaplin Mills Conservation Area. This place holds a lot of memories for me since I discovered it in high school. This was a place where all of my friends would come late at night during the summer, either just to walk down the path enjoying each other's company, or to sit by the water, talking about what we wanted to do and who we wanted to be in the future. It's a place where I could be alone and just cry my eyes out with no judgement. Being in the suburbs, the conservation area was not completely isolated from city noise, but that doesn't take away from its charm. It's the perfect balance of nature and urban environments for me. In the winter, the path is covered with snow, and the lake is slightly frozen over, but you can still hear the sound of running water. The sounds of cars driving by can be heard in the distance as the path is next to a main road. As I walk through the path, I hear the wind blowing past me, and the sound of my shoes making prints in the snow. These sounds greet me with a sense of familiarity, reminding me of all the time that I've spent just sitting by the water as I approach my favorite spot, which happens to be right under a bridge, making the sounds of cars passing by even louder. As I situate myself on one of the rocks, I look into the lake and gaze into the water for just a minute. This is where I came when my father was in the hospital when I was a teenager. At the time, I was constantly around my family, but I had never felt more alone. Even though I knew everyone meant well and was concerned about my well-being, I was also aware that they were all dealing with the same situation themselves. When the noise would become too much, this was the only place I could come to be alone and listen to the birds chirp while reflecting on how I felt. The sounds of cars driving by was just enough for me to drown out the constant stream of consciousness happening in my head and just focused on the little sounds. It was just quiet enough for me to reflect, while also not letting my mind water too far from the beautiful scenery in front of me. The situation led to a light smoking habit that provided a lot of clarity for my emotions. Looking at the lake while being under the bridge reminds me to allow myself to slow down and take in the environment around you. Even if you are hurting, there is so much around you that is beautiful, and even if you are not okay right now, everything will be eventually. My name is Rachel Bender Kerbel. This is my soundscape composition. The space I chose to capture was a bubble bath. I found that during social isolation, it's been really important to have a space of joy and solitude inside the home. For me, that escape has been bubble baths. I find the sound of running water and bubbles fizzing to be really peaceful. I hope you enjoy. For me, a big part of COVID-19 has been finding joy inside your house wherever you can. It's like creating a space that feels like an escape and a solitude. For me, that's become bubble baths. It's the feeling of warm water on your skin, bubbles fizzing on your fingertips, and music flowing alongside you with the water. Water is done running, the sound of jazz covers over the rest.
Even when the music stops, I hear wind chimes blowing in through the window from my neighbor's porch outside. I have a big German shepherd and she knows how to open the bathroom door, so more often than not, she'll come and inspect the bathtub. She's usually interested in the smell and taste of the bubbles. Hi, Norky. Are you smelling the bathwater? I go back to my day feeling calm and soft. My skin is pruny, a testament to the time well lost. Hi, this is Ben. The location I choose for the composition is the bake shop near my home. I find out there are quite a lot of different kind of sound in that space. The um, coffee machine, the chatting back in the kitchen, also the music they're playing in the shop. Uh, the reason that I choose this location is that because it's, it's just a lovely small bake shop. I visit it three, four times a week, I'll say. The staff are friendly and it's a great place, but also it's also a impact by the COVID as well. Overall, I really like that shop. I like the small bake shop near my home. They make delicious spicy chicken rolls, pastries and yogurt but I have to walk a short distance before the meeting with delicious pastries. I really go out during the pandemic period. This bake shop is one of the few places bring me a touch of sweetness during the pandemic depressing atmosphere. The staff are as friendly as usual. I ordered a hot chocolate, my favorite drink for cold weather. And I also grabbed some cookies and pastry as I usually did.
pandemic brought great changes. I can no longer sit in front of the store, enjoy iced coffee and chicken rolls like previous summer. Because of COVID, many transparent protective panels have been installed in the bake shop, leaving only a tiny gap for passing through. Delicious food, friendly staff, this family-run bake shop is one of the sweet part of my daily life. Thanks very much for tuning in to this episode of The Place of Sound. But before I sign off, a couple of quick notes. A reminder that what we've listened to here on this show is only a fraction of the work produced in association with this project. If you're interested in checking out more, have a look at theplaceofsound.ca, where you're not only able to hear this audio work, but also see some of the original photos and the writing that students produce to go along with the audio. There's also a featured work section on the site's blog where you can access some notable individual projects. And in the classes section, you can have a look into the portfolio websites designed by students themselves, which host every project produced in the course. And lastly, under the listen link, you're able to access the show's archive and listen back to any episode of the show you'd like to hear. But in the meantime, keep your ear out for upcoming episodes of the show which air on CKCU Radio every other Monday at 6.30 p.m. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Place of Sound.